0: Hello. Welcome to another episode of our Jacks Up Lives. I'm here with Sam Trupa. Hi, Sam. Hello. I'm wearing the same outfit as before, because I'm recording it the same day. So, I didn't. I didn't really feel like taking off my sweater or doing anything like that. I guess I could, just mix it up a little bit. It's kind of wrinkly. I think I might do it. Never you talk. I'm just gonna bruise and switch back yeah. over to you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna be wearing a sweater. Um so sam you and i have well first i'm, I'm gonna adjust the the mass first sam just wants to what was it again just make sure that like
1: yeah i have my uncle coming over for okay. the years and yeah. he's, an, he's an old gentleman ah. so
0: all, all about caring for the family yeah gotta love it you and i talked about like alan watts before we've had that conversation um about just like watching videos of his seeing like like the way that he talks just makes a lot of sense and it's very calming in a sense like for a lot of people um tell me about how you view stoicism and what, in like, a positive effect it's had, or positive, negative, whatever effect it's had on you recently.
1: Yeah, so I got really into stoicism about a year and a half ago-ish. I was taking a gap semester from college, and I really was trying to find what I wanted to do because originally I was going into business as my major, and I didn't really feel fulfilled by that and I didn't transfer to my four-year college in time. So I was left with the semester off, even though I finished community college um, in a year, instead of two, I was not on the track that I wanted to be. So I was trying to figure out just what to do with my life and how to kind of figure that out. And one of our coworkers, I was speaking to him about what he did in his gap year. And he told me that he read the book called, um, meditations by marcus aurelius and marcus aurelius was a roman emperor for one but he was also um partaking in the stoic philosophy at the time he was one of the major writers so i picked up that book and i was just reading it during my time off and i really found a lot of insightful points in there um he definitely gave a lot of helpful advice in terms of like how you should be living your life different things um about how other people can kind of influence your emotions and how you can kind of control them and just different pieces of life advice. Um, Definitely, it is an abrasive philosophy in that a lot of people might not like how you act after you've kind of gotten into it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. per se. Some people don't like that you're more in control of your emotions and that you're kind of not acting as impulsively as before if that what, makes what exactly
0: sense. yeah yeah i i understand what you're saying it's just um like you're saying like it sounds like you're talking about specifics with like people like not like responding well to you just yeah. kind of like feeling like you have a better grip
1: yeah so your it's own like life. if you if people wanted you to go out to like a party or something yeah. and you would rather stay in and not do anything or just focus on some other aspect people not might not like that you're kind of not like the same party animals before or sure. that you act more calmly that you're more mature essentially because a lot of people our age don't necessarily have the amount of maturity or discipline to kind of put different priorities on the table a lot of people at our age focus on having fun and they put their work later
0: yeah i definitely i definitely see that a lot especially in college. i mean how can't you see that in college like i mean there are plenty of people like do even when i was uh, when i was a freshman right um, you know, you have that moment where you are like freedom, and then like you kind of like freak out. Uh, you know, like, you you go out a couple times, and then you go out like a couple more times, and a couple more times, and you're like, "Ah, we're good." You know, like after a little bit, some people like don't hit the oh we're good stage. They just like really enjoy it, and it's fine. You're you're young, like whatever, it's cool. But like, for those people who do hit it, and like what you were saying, if those people are going to treat you differently, they don't like the maturity that you've gained. You know, I I understand that too like to to be at that point where you're just you feel more like not like above it in like a BS sense but you see through it. You see through the smoke screen. You see through like these people that are running around like, "Oh my god, I just took a shot. I just threw up in the bathroom." It's like you're bragging about this. Yeah. You know like you like you just, you know, you just did that like something about the taking taking t- 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 like throwing up <sighs> in the bathroom. It's like th- there's there's a culture in college where it's like, "Okay, you threw up. Drink more." It's like that could be fun like the first time you do it but if you're like a senior or you're like about to leave like where I'm at right now I'm 22 like I'm I'm I can actually drink alcohol legally so it's like I need to understand how to actually control this and use this and some people wake up to that like relatively quickly others don't and a lot of times it is the maturity level that comes with it like you said stoicism how, how exactly does that co- correlate with your maturity level.
1: I would say that the big focus for me that I took away from a lot of the readings is that personal responsibility is in your own hands. Like, let's say that you go out and you get drunk at a party and you spend like $500 on drinks. I know that's completely unreasonable, but let's say that you spent a sum of money that you weren't comfortable with and then you go back home and you're like, oh, I don't have any money to buy things with. A lot of people will just kind of ignore the fact that they don't have the money and they will kind of just go on with their lives. But if you have the personal responsibility and you know how to manage kind of your attitude and your money. And you you know you don't have the money to go out drinking or something like that. And you don't go out drinking. It's kind of a more mature way to live your life. You're taking responsibility for your own actions. You're not leaving it up to some higher power that you're doing this or that. You're just kind of focused more on how you have a tangible impact on your life. Mm-hmm. It's more more of that.
0: Yeah, it it sounds a lot like the Serenity Prayer. You know that is the whole. I I can't recite it anymore. I don't remember. But it was it's essentially like, um, Lord help me be able to uh, see the control the things I can control, um, to let go of the things I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference between the
1: two. Yeah. You and- know,
0: and I think that's a very stoic teaching as well.
1: The letting go part, especially, because it focuses a lot on controlling what you can control, but if you can't control something, like if you can't control somebody wanting to be in your life, or you can't control someone not wanting to be in your life, you just let it go. Like, there's no point in focusing on things that are making you more upset. I I think Marcus Aurelius talked about this, but he said he was reflecting on slavery in the Roman Empire, and he was talking about if you would ever willingly give yourself up to be a slave— Most people would say no to that, but people do it every day subconsciously with their emotions, because if you get upset, like, let's say you said that I'm ugly, and Mm -hmm. I got upset about that, I'm giving you the power to control my emotions, because I reacted to that. Mm -hmm. If you don't react, you take that power away from them, and you give it back to yourself. Yeah.
0: You know, that's something that you learn about, like, I learned that for when, like, I handled my, like, time as being bullied as a kid, either, like, high school or grade school, like... I didn't respond like that. I gave the people the power almost every single time. And then I realized they're only doing this because I'm giving them the power. You know, it's not, it's, it's funny. Cause everybody always told me that, but I just didn't listen repeatedly, just didn't listen. And then we get to a point now where we're sitting here and we're, and it's the same thing with the news networks. They're trying to gain power by pissing people off. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nothing more than that. Like you have the ability to, again, control how you want to see your life. If you really want to get upset that like who that this that this dude is is in office as president, yeah, the, 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 especially with the options that we had like this year. <laughs> you, are you really upset that like your old white dude didn't win? <laughs> like really? You know, like that doesn't actually affect you in the most literal sense. Like if we're actually going to talk about politics that affect you, local. That's the only politics that really do like affect your life on a day-to-day basis. You know, and like having that stoic approach where you're just like Okay, like this is happening. It doesn't really matter too much. I can choose to not let it matter too much. It's not at a point where I have to even acknowledge it in the first place. I can move on from this without having an issue. And then you just kind of do that. And that helps you focus on your life and making your life better. As opposed to trying to figure out all of this other crap and just getting swept into the, the game that you can't win.
1: You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, 100%. If you... I understand why people might get worked up over an election because it's hyped up to be, oh, this is like a paradigm shift in our nation's history. I think in reality, people don't fully grasp the powers that the president truly possesses. But again, you can't control it. If you went out and voted, you did your part, you just let it go from there. You can't control anything. So, what's the point of holding on to all of that? Go focus on making your own life better, and I guarantee you won't care about. What the result of a presidential election was, or like, if you didn't have something that you really wanted to happen happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm to- I'm totally with that. Like, I I also have I also really appreciate stoicism for just like being what it is, being able to, essentially that that's I just described it in the, in that last time being what it is. Like that's that's what stoicism essentially is at its core. It's just like everything is the way it is. It's all about how you choose to view it if you want to view it in an optimistic light, you're gonna see more good than bad. If you want to view it negatively, you're gonna see more bad than good. You know, it's just, it's what you choose you want to take in.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think one of my favorite parts about stoicism is that it's just very simple. I read Seneca's letters. He was a Roman senator, and he just wrote letters to his friend to help him kind of live a more full life. But I remember in one of the letters, I forget which one it is, but he was talking about how syllogisms are just really stupid. And if you don't know what a syllogism is, it's like, I'm not, I want to butcher the explanation, but it's like, (laughs) if I am a man and I have money, I'm a rich man or something like that. It's a horrible explanation of what it is, but it's kind of like a circular way of thinking that a lot of ancient greek philosophies kind of used like aristotle i think was big into syllogisms hmm. but um a lot of people think in that kind of circular way of thinking about just the this and this and this and they make it so complicated whereas if you focus on just living your best life controlling what you can control and just letting go what you can't you'll find much more happiness than if you just think in circles
0: yeah you know and you say think in circles too it's like a lot of, like for a while, what I did was, as I used to think that I could get myself out of a situation by thinking, you know, like by, cause I would just sit there and I'd be like, okay, I don't want this to happen, but like, I have no control of that situation. So I'll just think, I'll just think about things. I'll just think about things and I'll try and think my way out of this situation that's being presented in front of me, but I'm only making myself feel worse. I'm only making myself fall more. I'm only making myself like freak out. You know, like that's how, that's a lot of, that's how like my anxiety attacks were triggered by trying to think that I can get myself out of it, you know, instead of just kind of like giving into the the crap and not giving into the sense of like panicking even more. But like, you know, just allowing myself to just kind of like calm down and just live in that moment that we're talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to see the effect that like thinking what thinking does like consistently thinking. I'd love to see more studies of it done and I also really haven't looked for studies but I'm sure that you would find a correlation between thinking all the time and depression mm-hmm. almost positive you'd be able to see that because of me I you know I went through a depressed stage and I'll tell you what my brain was non-stop fucking talking you know like that didn't help me
1: at all yeah I agree at the times that I believe that I have felt the worst is because you just think too much I think that if you're thinking about stages of happiness, I think you'll be at your lowest when you're thinking the most. And then I think that people kind of try and busy themselves up. So that they're busy and they're thinking less, but they're still kind of thinking. I think that if you can get to the point in your life where you can do nothing and you can think about nothing, you can be happy. I think, I don't I don't know how people might take this, but I spend most of my day not thinking. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that might come off to those people, but I I enjoy that. I like just sitting there, just staring off into space, not thinking. Yeah, man. Just, it's be, just, just being who yeah. you are. Just being. <laughs> You're in just the being most literal sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Doing what life is at its core. You know, like that's... It's nice. It's really nice to just sit down and do that. And I feel like we're kind of doing that right now in the sense. Like, we're kind of in this flow state where we just kind of, like, keep going. You know, we're having a conversation. It's good. We're not really thinking about other things that are coming to mind. Like, occasionally, like, for right now, when I'm saying this, like, a couple of thoughts kind of fly by, but I'm not really acknowledging them. You know, I just, you, just, you just kind of keep going in this state where you're just talking and you're just enjoying and you're in this moment that we're currently in. There's nothing else besides this moment anyway. You're just enjoying it for every single thing that it is. And... That's something that we've lost throughout a lot of well we don't, we we don't teach this anymore, which is crazy because that's like, I don't want to say it's the secret to mental health, but it's the secret to my mental health. You know, like the thing that helped me out the most was just realizing that like, you only have this, like this one second that you live in at this moment, that's all you got in the most literal sense you know you can't mm-hmm. go back and forth in time you can't do all this stuff you only have this so just make this the best you can and you're gonna be fine
1: yeah 100 percent. and when i think about people thinking kind of like you're living in this precise moment that is continuously going on and on and on you can't live in the future and you can't live in the past when you have a thought it's almost like cloud watching like you see that thought it just comes i've by. talked about it. i've mentioned yeah. this like three times on this show it alone. <laughs> just goes it goes somewhere else you yeah. just acknowledge it that's that's a nice cloud and it just goes somewhere else yeah that's de i definitely agree with that
0: yeah man it's 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 so simple and it's so easy to kind of like to to learn about um and it it it's i don't know i just, i just got the i just got the thought really loud <laughs> of of something else that just came up on this on our little sheet so I'm just going to go into it, talk about, like, gods, so, in a sense, because the stoicism is kind of, like, a similar thing, like, to that sense, it's a religion, it's a following, like, a lot, in a lot of these ancient civilizations, when this, these gods, or god first started showing up, it was in the shape of, like, different beings or people, almost, like, we talk about gods, so let's go specifically right now to, like, Greek or something, that's the one that I kind of know the best, um, but when it comes down to that, that, that type of stuff, like, it makes me wonder like were the like were these gods people were these gods enlightened people were these gods actually superhuman like what's going on with all of this like how like how does this work how does how does the cre- like creation story with like chronos or whatever you know how does how does that reflect cuz cuz you can almost tie every single belief system back into this like all of it like like uh, when abe was on here it was on for us Abe was on here like like a a minute ago so um we were talking about i mentioned how all religions are the same so i'm assuming that in some way or another we can connect these gods into all religions are the same i just don't know how that happens and that's (laughs) really interesting to me do you like how much do you know about like greek gods or ancient gods in general where they have like multiple deities
1: I would say that I'm definitely not an expert, but I know a good deal. That's all I just need based on like general education. Um, but I would say that there is a lot of similarities in different types of myths and stories. You always have like the hero's journey, for example, that is not new. I know people think it comes from Star Wars, but it's come from different uh, mythological stories. Sorry,
0: what is that? Do you mean the hero's journey so, like, like like Odysseus and stuff? or no
1: kind, i mean that is an example it's like okay. the hero it's a story archetype that's okay. used in like cinema okay. or yeah. any kind of story that you're telling but it's like an archetype of a hero who goes on there's a call to a- action or something like that and he goes on a journey and he um gets the help of like an older mentor and he overcomes the odds and he comes back home and the journey is over and it's like a happily ever after those are very very common in a lot of different ancient mythological stories like odysseus is one it kind of they typically have little variations but like odysseus perseus herc hercules they're all different examples in just greek mythology alone of that kind of archetype and there are others like the epic of gilgamesh um I read that one that was an interesting it interesting <laughs> um story but yeah they're definitely other i'm trying to have them come to my mind but
0: yeah um and it's funny because in almost all the stories they have to battle what are not really like like they're 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 people but like it's also overcoming like human emotions mostly like that's what really makes a good story when you can see the way that they overcome like for instance you're gonna talk about you have you ever seen full metal alchemist That's a swing and a miss. All right, it's (laughs) fine. Either way, like, essentially, it's like they literally named the villains after the seven deadly sins. So it's like, you know, that's kind of what it's like, you know, because they have to overcome these certain things that they're that they're dealing with. They have to overcome. Like in Gilgamesh, he had to overcome lust. Um, In you know, a lot of other stories, you have to overcome envy, pride or uh, even sloth, gluttony, whatever you want. You want to talk about all of them in general. Wrath, too. Which, I think that's I think that's all seven. I mean, even Spongebob has like supposedly like each one is labeled after like yeah. each seven deadly sin, which again is really interesting. But it also kind of speaks to how one lives their best life, and that's what I really like about stories with the abil- when they have the ability to show how someone has overcome something that everybody has to overcome in a unique way. When it comes to like Gilgamesh, with you talk about like is gilgamesh wait am, am i forgetting what gilgamesh was what was he again was he the oh i was thinking about beowulf
1: oh beowulf Oops. was good too yeah
0: beowulf is similar beowulf had to overcome lust so that's my bad on that one but uh so essentially it's you know they have to overcome these th- these things that everybody goes through but it's also like its own individual story you know like so that's why i like full metal alchemist so damn much because it was like essentially plot of that story everybody should watch this damn show <laughs> it's um so like mom dies, they want to bring their mom back, they try to, kid loses his body by trying to bring his mom back, and so then his brother has to go around trying to, and his, his brother has to go around trying to get his brother's body back, essentially, that's the whole plot of the entire show, and it's fantastic, because it's how he deals with this guilt, with the, what happened in his past, with this trauma, and he has to fight against, what are, like, the seven deadly sins in that sense. He has to fight against himself. It's more of an inner battle than it is external. But there's also that external battle, which mm-hmm. is badass! So, like, you know, like, that's the that's the kind of thing that I, the, that I love about, like, those kinds of shows.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure if different I- archivers from the future would come, and they would look at that as a historical source, they would definitely be able to compare it to older sources like The Odyssey or Beowulf. And yeah. it's definitely... When you find that linearity of storytelling, it's definitely an interesting um, thing to note about just humans in general and how consistent they tend to be over the years.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all trying to tell the same story. We're all trying to tell everybody how to live their best life. I think, because, I mean, that's the question that everyone asks as soon as they can ask it. You know, they're like, it's, what is this, first of all? That's that's the big one. And it's... um, Also, how do I do this in a way where I'm going to be the happiest Mm -hmm. and when someone can like these stories is they they teach somebody how to do that. But it's also
1: they teach somebody in a
0: way where it's like they have to figure it out to where they're enjoying the, the decoding on their journey, which I which I really like too as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone is on the pursuit of happiness. Kid Cudi <laughs> made a song about it. But it's just different ways of how you're getting there. And I'm not saying just because I'm more into Stoicism that that's the only way that you can get there. A lot of people can get there through religion or if you like working hard, you can get there through hard work. Um, really anything, anything that makes you happy, you should be able to do that, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all a pursuit of enlightenment in a sense. You know, it's not so much like, trying to figure out the one way it's just like for for me it's just like figuring out who the hell i am you know and that's kind of that's all i that's all my mission is really like that's all you really have to do is just figure out you and that also goes back into stoicism as well where it's like you just need to focus on like yourself how that works and that kinds of stuff like it's really it's really interesting the way that that goes but back to gods because i want (laughs) to talk about that um what, what do you know, like, what, what's your biggest background when it comes to, when it I, comes to that? you I said was, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be a history teacher in, you, you said you got certified for grades 6 through 12? Yeah. Okay. And you teach, you teach history. So, mm. there's the background there.
1: I would say that my strongest is probably Greek mythology. I know a little bit about Egypt, but I don't know about the gods. I know about different religious ceremonies, kind tell, of.
0: Tell me about
2: those. <laughs>
1: Well, a lot of it is... I know more about mummification just to be more particular because I took a course that kind of covered it. But essentially, what they would do is they would remove certain organs and they would keep other organs that they viewed as valuable. I believe that they removed the brain and they kept the heart in. It could be the other way around. Mm -hmm. I'm a little dusty with that. But they really were just preparing you for the afterlife. They would cover you in this oil, this rare type of oil I believe and then they would wrap you in linen and they would just preserve your body and I think if I remember correctly from the course everybody got mummified so it was it depended on the everybody did everybody like it in different degrees like I know people think about like the linen wrapped mummies but there were different cheaper ways to be mummified I believe that was just their normal burial kind of ceremony but that's cool yeah and if you know anything about egypt you know that it is mostly based around the nile so what's interesting about that is that there's different temples dotted down the nile for different religious ceremonies i know i believe thebes was their religious kind of capital area where there were a lot of different temples and whatnot there but it's definitely more interesting than a lot of other areas than like i think Greece is all well and good, but I think Egypt is, like, the most interesting in terms of religion, but I don't know as much about I'd it.
0: I'd say that Egypt was probably the most advanced human civilization. Oh, 100%. I mean, it might be the most advanced human civilization we've ever had. Like, honestly, we might not even have reached their tier yet. And and I'm being serious when I say that, too. Like, it's just, like, when—the the, the thing about, like, the afterlife that they did, cause they they were real sure, you know, they were mm-hmm. real sure that this stuff existed— and it's kind of like, you know, they, they talk about the pineal gland a lot with, when it comes to, like, Egypt and stuff. And that's, like, that, that, that's also what, like, other people believe to be your third eye. You know, it's, it's really interesting to see, like, how centered the religion and culture was around just that alone, especially with the pyramids. And not to mention the connection with the pyramids that, ha- that were built in South America and Central America mm-hmm and even mexico too you know it's like seeing all of those like like they weren't close they're not close to each other you know like yeah. and, and when and i don't and we weren't pangea you know when when this was going on so like it's not it like it's crazy to see the the parallels that other places have found in like their own religions and it honestly like it's a it's it's a little disheartening for me just to know that like we don't have records of this stuff yeah. like we don't know and that sucks so much and especially because when you know when like settlers from Europe came in we torched that shit we said fuck your gods we said fuck this sh-. like all this all the stuff you built gone you're going to be catholics like you know that's that, that that was awful to just destroy that entirely because we don't know everything they were around for so long; they had become so advanced in, like, I'm talking about um, South America and Incas and all all of them now, uh, Incas, Mayas, Aztecs, like that kind of area. Like, talk about the calendars that the Maya mm-hmm. made alone, and how much how much like, the what the Incas believed in, what what they believed was when you die, you would go up um, through the stars, your soul would go through the stars, and it would go to like. Through a journey in the Milky Way. So, like, there was, like, certain little aspects of it. I'll probably throw it up on the screen right here. So, like, there was, like... Like... Oh, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna pause <laughs> this. I'm gonna show you. a Great road. This is it right here. Um, So, essentially, there's, like... So, there was a person here. You can see, like, a fox. Llama. They did all this, like, kind of interesting stuff. To say that, like... You know, this is, like... Uh, I forgot. They, they, they... I don't know if they worship these. But they... We're definitely, like, they definitely talked about them kind of a lot, and, and that to me was just, like, super interesting to kind of see that, And but they believe that your soul, like, travels through the Milky Way, like, through, along those, and faces trials and tribulations after you die, which I think is, like, super interesting, and I don't see why, like, that, that, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be true or not, you know, in... I kind of wish we'd look into
1: that more. <laughs> yeah, and what I find interesting about the, South, the the Southern American religions is that they actually had a flood story, too. They had a what now? They had a flood story, mm, like, really, similar man. to Noah's Ark. It, I remember reading it in, like, ninth grade. I couldn't remember the name of okay. it. But I know that they had a flood story, um, and it was very similar. There was all this sin on Earth, and it was just washed away by the flood. So that's definitely an interesting connection if you're looking at connections between human religions. Yeah. But,
0: you know, and it, it's funny too, because it's like, you don't know how many times we've done this already. We don't know how many like civilizations have even been built up on this earth alone. We, we, we don't even know. We don't know how advanced they are. We don't know. We don't know anything about them. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about it like that because we, we think that we've only grown further up and up and that there was never a moment where we came crashing down but it's like, if we're going to play the Infinity game here, that's all that ever mm-hmm. happens. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: If you there are actually graphs. I don't know how accurate they are or how well-sourced they are. But I've seen graphs about like the growth of human knowledge. And it goes all the way up until the Bronze Age, Bronze Age collapse. Which, if you are unfamiliar with that event, it was around the time of the Egyptians, the Mycenaeans, which were Greek. Um, I think it was the Assyrians. Um, But what happened was that a group of sea people came from northern Europe, probably from across the Black Sea, um, up above Greece, around that area. They would be known as barbarians to most people of that time. But they came and they just fucked shit up, (laughs) if I can say that. They got rid of everything. Nobody knows what happened after that. Nobody even knows exactly who they were very well. There are different accounts, but the amount of human knowledge lost after that is crazy. Like, you see the Mycenaean ruins in Greece. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of them, but they're nice. Right. Like, they're very old, and they were very nice. And especially in Egypt, too. Like, the kingdoms there, I think it was the old kingdom that it ruined. it put, um, essentially, the world back so long, because those were all the prominent civilizations. I mean, you can count China, but China was, not. I would argue, not as far as those that little hub was in the mediterranean right but yeah a lot of human knowledge has always been lost across the course of history the burning of the library of alexandria of course there were copies of books that were there but the amount of original works that you lost like they didn't have the printing press everything there was handwritten you
0: know and it's tough too when you have stuff that's like handwritten um because like, like there's a lot of books out there like i saw i saw one youtube video about like like the devil's Bible or some crazy shit like that. I was on, I was on kind of like rabbit hole where I was like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, (laughs) yeah." Um, but, uh, so like it was, it was essentially like the, the story went like this dude was, he, he was like trapped somewhere. They, they caught him doing something and then they were gonna, they were gonna kill him or they, they said here, write a book down of everything that all of man's knowledge, right? They, They put him in like this room and they, they made him write that. Um, and then you could, you have like you have one night, and from what he said was or the legend said was that he sold his soul to the devil, and then that's how he got the book, and it's just like, yeah, whoa. you know, like like that kind of stuff is just like super interesting. But it's like because there was no internet at the time, we didn't have like a, a good way to try, to write something down to keep it, you know, all we got left is this book that was just written by, by somebody, and it was crazy, too, because from what people were, like, saying about the book, it was, like, it was written, um, in the same handwriting, so you know it was the same guy, but there was no signs of, like, change in in penmanship, like, it, it looks like it was all written at one time, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's, like, it's kind of wild, you know, because, like, how, how would that happen, you know, like, like, you know, because because then you, then you you got to the point where you're like actually being like okay, well, now the story kind of makes sense, but like you don't want to believe it because it just sounds stupid. Like it doesn't sound legitimate. It doesn't sound real. Um, so like that's I feel like a lot of what we lose too, and we we don't have trans we don't have a good translation for what this does. And, and not to mention it's all probably written in like similes and metaphors that we just mm-hmm. don't understand anymore because the times have changed. You know, and not to mention like these people were the only like people who could read back then I don't know when it was made so maybe not but like for a while there was only a select amount of people who could read and write and that creates a huge damn problem because you have people running around who can just write rewrite history in whichever way they want to which I mean you can even see that happening today you mm-hmm. know just with all the stuff that's going on with like fake news and shit but you know it's, it's, it's like who's, who's gonna be the person to dissect all of this and and you kind of lose like sense of that so you like when some when something you say something gets lost time it really can get lost the time and that's really tough
1: yeah and there are definitely like a cute a key few events in history that kind of unraveled like things that we may have lost like when napoleon found the rosetta stone like what, what is that i don't know about that it's story. like a translation key essentially if i remember correctly i think i've seen a picture it's in some museum in Britain probably now mm-hmm. but it's like it translates hieroglyphs to some other language some I don't even know Whoa. but they used it to basically decode hieroglyphs so that's how we can read what the Egyptian Egyptians were writing in hieroglyphs wow so it's definitely interesting and a lot of what you read also if you ever go into history it will be extremely boring yeah because I think the oldest ever written thing that we found was a stone tablet that was a guy trashing someone for messing up his like Amazon order essentially. He ordered No way. <laughs> and he got the wrong quantity, I believe. When was when was that from? Was oh. that from
0: like ancient Mesopotamia? And I think stuff? like
1: yeah, Babylon, Mesopotamia wow. around that era. But people were still so mad about that
0: bullshit back then, huh? Yeah.
1: But people don't change. <laughs> if you ever read historical sources which are actually surprisingly well available I had to, for one of my classes, read different depositions about like the Irish Civil War and what they were doing, and I had to find a common theme and I don't know if you've ever i don't know if you know what a deposition is first of all, it's like a claim almost for like destroyed property in that really in that kind of context, but they were writing about how different rebels were doing things, and the the common theme that we were forced to think about was the weather. And you really learn how brutal those people were, because they were stripping people naked and making them just walk out in the winter and lay in the snow until morning. Wow. Completely naked. Wow. So,
0: that's my people. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm that's
1: Irish. that's like um a one in a million. Most people are talking about oh I lost my cow or <laughs> my my tobacco shipment didn't arrive today. So it's incredibly boring, but you can definitely find a lot of interesting things in regular yeah. accounts because. This could be, like, a, a primary source account in the future if people are being, like, double woke, fourth wall breaking talking about primary sources now and they're analyzing it in the future. Mm-hmm. Anything could be a, a source, essentially. Yeah. So you don't, you never know what your footmark would be. Or it could be lost to history. Yeah, true. Either either way.
0: I mean, it's, it's funny, like, you, you look back at it and, like, I mean, we're making this recording, what day is it? It's, like, December, December 30th, 30th 2020, you know? Ten thousand years from now, this is gonna be ten thousand years old. Yeah, you know, like this is gonna be invaluable like, yeah. at that point too. Yeah, maybe who knows? Depending on how the cloud storage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is the only available piece of information from ten thousand years ago. Yeah, that would be kind of wild, wouldn't it? Imagine if they're, like, looking at this ten thousand years from now, and they're like, "How did they know?" They're going to think that, like, different aliens came and they're like, someone's going to find this 10,000 years later. Someone,
0: this guy predicted the future. (laughs) Some some bullshit.
1: That'd be cool. I mean, no, it wouldn't. Actually, that would really suck.
0: Uh, It would be earth shattering, but it would suck. (laughs) I mean, think about, what is
1: it, 2012? The Mayan calendar ran out. Yeah. Imagine the poor schmuck that was making that. He's like, well, it's up to 2012. I don't think we need it for that long. (laughs) And everyone in the future is freaking out.
0: Yeah. That was funny, too, because ever like some people were actually really worried about
1: that. Yeah, I was. Like, really? I was what? I was, I didn't you not worried about that shit? I didn't want to go to school, so I was like, I hope that a meteor comes in and hits oh, the okay. earth so I don't have to go to school.
0: I, I actually like spent some time with uh, with my friend that day. We were here having an end-of-the-world party. <laughs> <I really did. laughs> that was funny. Uh, Dude, like, people claim to like, know when the end of the world is coming like, almost every year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really crazy.
1: I mean, yeah if you look at it people from different religions it's just people want attention that's how i view mm-hmm. it like i don't know they just want people to come and follow them that's how like doomsday cults happen yeah they predict the end of the world people want to get into heaven free yeah but that's the whole that's different... not how that works you gotta yeah. work for that <laughs> if you want to I mean, be happy
0: you gotta go through the bullshit
1: yeah that that is true mm-hmm. some people it's easier for some people though some people can just live very simple lives but, oh, yeah, but anybody could really live a simple life if they wanted that's to. That's true. You just have to take the initiative. Yeah, and that's the, that's the hardest part. Yeah.
0: Some people aren't willing to give up what they got.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Or,
0: I mean, for some people, too, it's like if you if you don't have anything, like it's very difficult to live a simple life when you need food. But then again, that's also like a little bit simple, but like not mm-hmm. really. It's tough. Yeah.
1: It's, it's also difficult. like the level of privilege that you have, but it's also yeah. your resourcefulness. There are different people that are out there like... I'm big into, like, watching hobos on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen anything <laughs> no, like that. No, not really, but okay. There are people that, like, go train they, hopping. Oh, they and, make their own channels and stuff? Yeah, they have their own channels. It's, it's very it's... dangerous. I think, like, the biggest channel, the guy died. Aww. He got sucked into a train. But they they definitely oh. are able to live, like, their own lives independently. It's, like, almost a romanticized version of, like, the cowboy. No, people are going back to the 1940s when everyone hopped on a train and went to California, and they're, like, doing it now. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, there's no glory in it now, though, which kind of sucks.
1: And train hopping?
0: Well, not, not train, not specifically (laughs) train hopping, but, like, I mean, there's nothing really that's innately, there's nothing at all that's innately wrong with just, like, giving up your possessions and just, like, doing you. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it, like you can fully just have that type of faith where, like, eh, it'll it'll be what its it is, it's so, it'll provide. Like, but no one really does that anymore. Yeah. Like, everyone think well, it's very Americanized to think that, like, you have to have a certain plan, you have to go and make money, but, like, I mean, do you really?
1: Yeah. Like, you don't have
0: to do a damn thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, like, the focus on material culture, everyone wants more and more. Like, I'll be the first to admit that, like, I want a PS5. Yeah. But I'm not obsessing every night on, like, the Walmart website trying to get myself a PS5. If I get it, I get it. Okay, cool. I don't need it. It's something that I would like to have. Would it make me a little bit happier? Maybe temporarily, but in the grand scheme of things, no.
0: Yeah, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to give a shit when you got yeah. your PS5.
1: <laughs> exactly. That helps, especially thinking of perspective in, like, 80 years from now. I don't live 80 years from now, probably. Like.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, that makes what? you want
1: Yeah, well, will I enjoy, or will I even care about, like, this decision, odds are you probably won't. You probably won't even remember it. You'll be more concerned about trying not to piss yourself before you go. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, you don't want to have your maids cleaning up after you for that. Even though you do technically poop after you die. Yeah. (laughs) Fun fact. (laughs) Um... But, yeah, no, you you got to get a point with that. I think that, like, the, the fear of death has been huge. Like, it was, it's just, like, it's, it's, it's enormous throughout our entire entire culture. And it's, it's kind of scary because, like, I mean, it's death. Like, it's scary shit. Let's not talk, let's not act like we don't know. Like, like we know what's coming because no one knows what's fucking coming. You know, it's just, like, it just is what it is. And you just kind of got to be, like, ready to keep going with it. But also, there's a lot of people that, like, think that when they're in the, like like, people who are scared of death now think that they won't be ready when that happens but it's like you can just if you're ready right now then you're ready for it. you're always dying there's never a yep. moment like, as soon as you start living you start dying exactly you know it's not like life life <laughs> is death in that sense it's the same damn thing like and like it, it, it's really whatever and it doesn't even matter
1: yeah you know it's it's funny <laughs> it's funny like that that's big in stoicism memento mori remember that you are mortal. i think that it's extremely humbling realizing that you're going to die eventually mm-hmm. i don't I personally don't really find it scary. I think that it'll be an interesting end to one journey and the beginning of another. Yeah, it will be. But definitely, like, if you are ever, like, thinking about your life and you want to change it, think about dying because that will definitely motivate you. (laughs) (laughs) As morbid as that sounds, if you remember, like, if you're sitting around all day watching television, you're like, maybe I should go apply for that job I wanted to. Think about death. Like, you could wake up tomorrow morning and you can die and you could have never told the person that like you wouldn't wake up tomorrow morning (laughs) well yeah well if you (laughs) died in the morning but you could if you were putting off something for tomorrow like if you wanted to propose to somebody Mm -hmm. and then you die that never happened so why why put it off yeah exactly
0: man there's no point like you know like you you don't want to live life with regrets but not accepting death is almost a sure way to live life with regrets and as weird as that sounds to say, it's like, because you're mortal, then you'll end, you'll, you'll, end, like, things matter more because you're, because you're done afterwards. Like, that's why we care so much about this in the first place. If I could just, like, cheat you in the head and you just bounce back up, like, whatever, mm-hmm. like, we wouldn't care about anything. We'd be awful to each other. It'd be incredibly selfish. Like, everyone would just try and kill everybody, but couldn't, you know, it, it, it'd be, it'd be a very, like, be really fucked up, like, a world without death. That would, that wouldn't go over well.
1: Yeah, I think that death is, like, it almost creates more gravity to your life. Like, people try and live without regrets, and they try and make it perfect because they're going to die. But imagine living a life where you didn't regret a single decision that you made. You wouldn't have learned anything. Yeah, that would be pretty fucking boring, wouldn't it? A regret that you have is something that you learned. Like, I have plenty of regrets, but I would wish to experience them again because it means that I've learned something from it. Yeah. If you don't regret anything, I think that you lived a very very boring life and I think that if you say that, you are a liar. <laughs> a I don't think anybody, anybody has them. something that they do not regret.
0: I I think that we do not regret or do regret.
1: Or that they do. Okay. I, I I no one can ha- not have regrets. I okay. think that that is the case.
0: I you know I, I I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but I kind of agree with you. I mean you know, everyone's gonna have those moments where they don't, they don't like the life that they're living. You know, like that, that happens to every single person. You know, it's crazy to think that like it it, it won't. Uh, like everyone's gonna go through hardship. Everyone's gonna go through a point where they don't even like themselves, and it's all about coming to terms with that instead of trying to like avoid it or cause other problems. I mean, do you see like you see people i don't even know it's just like like with, with death in general like with death of a loved one too like you know that's that's turned into more uh, like funerals they're not for the person who died they were never for the person who died that was never the point because that person is dead they can't experience it like that's like it doesn't matter like if you if if, if you were a person who is about to die and like i want an expensive funeral Fuck you! Really? <laughs> yeah. Really, that's what you want when you're dead? You don't care about anything else. You want an expensive funeral? You are selfless as shit. Like, your funeral's purely for your family. That is for the, pe- the people who are sad to lose you after you go. It's gonna be a beautiful service if you're a good person. But if you're not, you're not gonna get what you want. <laughs> yeah.
1: When, when I died, I've always wanted to be shot off like a cliff with fireworks and just explode over the ocean. That, that Just was, some crazy ass yeah. bullshit. But I think that death is especially hard on the living. Like yeah. I think when you get older, it creeps in your mind, but it's nothing that you should be scared of. I think that embracing death and the fact that you are mortal is one of the keys to becoming happier.
0: I think you're right. It allows you to live in the moment more. Mm-hmm. It allows you
1: to live more. It appreciate you can appreciate what you have. Like think of all like the sperm that came out of your dad. <laughs> okay, sure. And yeah. then you were the one that made it, mm-hmm. so you get to experience this, and you're being like a miserable little shit complaining on Twitter that you're alive. Yeah, like just experience it. If you're not happy, go outside. Yeah, I don't right. know.
0: You got a good point. Did you know? I, I mean, here, here's the here's the funny thing about like infinity, right? So like, infinity is everything, every every single possibility, every single thing you can even think of. So when you talk about the sperm thing. It's so like, you wouldn't be alive if you hadn't won that race. Mm-hmm. To think that like all of those sperm and like different timetables don't win the race, I mean I th- I think that all of them make it. <laughs> you know, yeah. in a sense, it just depends on which Alternate one. Yeah, it just depends like... on which which one you're living. In. Yeah. But I mean that's that's getting way too deep. <laughs> it doesn't need to. But that's that that's one of my thoughts about about that specifically. Um, you're gonna be a teacher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're gonna shape the minds of the youth.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Where, where, do, where do you want to teach public school or are you going for private
1: probably public honestly yeah, wherever i can get that's where the employed money is anyway that's where the money yeah. is man it's
0: catholics like okay i went to a catholic school um those are tough teachers that go there not not i don't think they're as good as the public school ones mm-hmm. because i mean money <laughs> it's simple like there's like there, there's not as much money going into them um which is like really interesting but it's also like there's a balance between two. I'm not going to get into that specifically because I want to talk about you teaching. What is, is like with your goals, like as a teacher, what, what, is, what are they? Like, are you trying to help? You know, you, you talk, what, 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 what are they? What are you, what are you trying to do with being a teacher?
1: I would say that going into education, that the primary motivator for you is that you like working with people and you like helping people or you like the content area. For me, it's both. I don't think anyone goes into education to make money. Definitely not. Um, (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) I think for me personally, the reason that I switched from being a business major to being a teacher is because I enjoyed coaching. Um, I definitely would have made more money going into business, but I didn't think that that money and that materialism would make me happier with my life. Yeah. So, I went into something that will probably stress me out in the short run but will make me happier in the long run.
0: I mean, sorry, you keep going. I don't want to interject. Okay.
1: Um, but I definitely I've I've had the good fortune to teach for like a week. Um, and you definitely building relationships with your students is definitely a rewarding experience. Um, on one of my assignments that I gave them, I asked them for comments and comments that you receive most of the time at least i haven't gotten a bad one yet there probably are people who will be leaving you mean comments but at some point they were all positive and it was very rewarding because i put in like 50 plus hours of coursework over the semester and i wasn't even getting an actual grade for that class so it's a lot of work but it's very rewarding i think that you have the opportunity to shape how our civilization will be in the future and i think that now is a very pivotal time because we are at the crossroads of what i believe will decide the fate of america because china is going up and up and up because they have one they have the manpower they Mm -hmm. have over a billion people yeah which means that they have enough economic might to challenge the united states which is what we had going for us because we were a big country with a lot of natural resources china just a little bit smaller. It's got more people. It has a good deal of the natural resources. It's also making its own islands in the what is it? making the islands East China Sea. Making islands. They have artificial islands. They have islands that they're just popping up so that they can push their sea borders further and further. So. Oh wow! That's. That, if cool. there was a <laughs> war, I think it would be because of the territorial disputes over the East China Sea, probably between Japan and China. Wow. But that's a different conversation. I think... Yeah, man. um, Getting back on to topic, yeah, definitely. um, You have the opportunity to really make better citizens for the future that will be able to handle those problems. Because, really, I think that the next generation is getting a really shitty hand because they have to deal with global warming, which no one is really doing anything about. They have to deal with the rise of China. They have to deal with different, like moral and ethical conundrums like cybernetics stuff like that tracer implants huge corporations monopolies i think that right now we are in like another version of the gilded age of america which if you know what gilded is it's like imagine this table was coated in like gold and i could scratch it off and i could see like all the dirt like all the peanut butter and jelly that fell on the (laughs) table sure yeah um yeah I think that it's a facade of like everything is really good. We're the number one country in the world, but when you peel it back, you see a lot of problems that really need to be addressed and they need to be addressed by people that know how to think critically, yeah, which is what social studies is all about. it's about teaching your children how to think critically how to take the knowledge from the past and apply it to the present
0: yeah that's i mean that's really interesting that you say that you know but but the one thing that i do I do kind of want to say is like. Like, yeah, you can talk a lot of shit about this country. It's easy to. Like, we we fuck up a lot. But, like, I gotta also say, like, we're, I mean, when you look at, like, how other people treat their people, like, how other countries treat their people, I'm still pretty happy with where we're at. To, like, say that we're not the best country in the world, I understand, like, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say that we are or aren't. But, like, based off of what I, like, in my own experience, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy with my right to say whatever the hell I want on here. And that's something that you don't get in China. Mm-hmm. Like, this this podcast could not exist. Like, it would it would not be real. Like, the fact that, like, it's just it's just not possible. It's not possible. Yeah. Because if that government says, ugh, don't like you. And they're <laughs> starting to create social media where they can rate people. So, like, oh, yeah. that's going to oh, be yeah. fucked, too. So, like, you know, it's, like, it, they, they kind of scare me in that mm-hmm. sense. But Especially um, in Hong Kong. Dude, the- I visited this um that tiger is from Hong Kong both really of them, both of them actually um yeah so uh yeah man it's it's kind of sad to see that it's really it's really sad to see that yeah um yeah it <laughs> fuck that, that just it just really sucks man seeing seeing people who were like who were free and all of a sudden they're getting taken over by communists and it's like yeah
1: and you know what they're doing in Hong Kong well, they are all waving American flags around and they're shouting like 1776 they love America and Hong Kong yeah but I, mean, I think right now, I think personally speaking... I like the ideal of America, Yeah,
0: I think is the best way to
1: put that. I think that America is like, personally to me, the greatest country in the world because you can have... You don't, you don't need to say that. I, I don't, I don't want to pressure that, you into That is 100% that. my okay, belief. Okay, cool, I believe that cool. America is the greatest country in the world. I don't think that any other country comes remotely close mm-hmm. because you have all this civil strife. But the fact that you can have that means that people are going to talk about it. If you go to Europe... Like, Germany, pe- yeah. the, the, even Scandinavia, the liberal paradise of what people <laughs> would argue what America should look like, they have a lot of racial and ethnic problems. The immigrants coming there from Syria, the Middle East, even Africa, there's a lot of interesting things that happen there in terms of, like, yeah. hate crimes that really get swept under the, the rug when people talk about those countries, and... I think that the way that they suppress the hate crimes is even worse, because I, I wouldn't promote Nazism. I think that the Nazis were probably one of the worst groups, one of the worst countries kill, kill in, a lot of in the world. They did kill, kill a lot, kill a lot, of, a lot people. of people. I think that the Soviets might have been a little bit worse than them, but I think that the minute that you censor a group like that, you give them power. Yeah, you give them a lot of power. Was it Orwell, he said that, Was it, the quote, "learn to learn who's more powerful then you learn who you can't criticize. It definitely gives them validity. In America, I know you had the Nazi march in Skokie. I think that that is one of the biggest representations of free speech in the world, and the fact that it was upheld in the Supreme Court. It yeah. makes me happy, even though I hate what happened. I think that the fact that they were able to do it shows that in America, you can truly have whatever opinion you want, and... The people that rationally think can use their minds, that they are taught how to critically think in public schools, and they can use their minds to realize that what these people are doing is wrong and that you just are more above there. Because when governments start censoring things, people naturally, I think, don't trust governments. I definitely don't. I don't at all. 100% I don't. But I think that the moment that the government censors something... I would give it a little bit more credulity because I would believe that if the government is censoring them, the government doesn't know what they're doing. They're overreaching with their power. Dude, so. it's funny
0: because like even with like a lot of the conspiracy theories that have came out during COVID, like like a lot of them have been just shot down. You know, you talk about like anything. I watched a documentary recently about like the way that the media like influences the way that people think, and it's like yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. can't tell me that that's not real. You can't tell me they don't have an effect on the way people think. Like, it's very clear, and they're trying to do this on purpose. Yeah. But it's like, you know, and, and they don't want you to know this. And that's kind of the thing. It's like, you you know, you know that that's real because they don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. And even if, like, it's not 100%, like, proven by, like, the media outlets, like, it it doesn't mean anything either. It's It's your own opinion. You get to decide what you believe, and don't let anyone else tell you what the hell to think
1: yeah 100% and that's what you need from your education you need someone to teach you how to think critically how to approach a multitude of sources from different points of views and how to find truth from all that chaos like I definitely definitely think that what we lack right now as a nation is critical thinkers because if like, let's say someone like Edward Snowden, Yeah. if he just complacently... Dude, there were a lot of
0: people that were shitting on that guy. Mm-hmm. That that dude told everyone that the government's spying on you. That's important. That's something that I would want to know about. Yeah. And then we got some people that are standing around here just like, he's a criminal. You yep. know, like, he had to flee to Russia because he used his First Amendment. How mm-hmm. fucked up is that?
1: Yeah, and the the lack of whistleblower protection that we have here, especially yeah, nothing, from those coming from federal agencies, nothing. like... He did his best to take every precaution he could to leak that. And he knew what was going to happen. But definitely, like, the fact that if he couldn't think critically and realize what they were doing was wrong, you don't know how far the NSA, the CIA, the FBI could expand into you. I think that those agencies are the absolute worst representation of America. I think that they stand for the opposite of everything that the revolutionaries stood for. They are essentially the British
0: I mean, they're like, they're like a big brother in a sense, kind of a way, because of what they, the, the, the power that they have, the fact they can mm-hmm. do whatever the hell they want and they can keep secrets.
1: I think that the I've... CIA assassinated Kennedy. That's my big conspiracy <laughs> theory.
0: <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, that's a fair statement, mm-hmm. man. Like, it wouldn't really surprise me. There, There's, too, there's, something's not right about that whole thing. The fact that, the fact that, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald got shot. He definitely, he definitely right didn't it. do it. Well, I mean, he, he might have done it. He might have pulled the trigger, but he was not. He might have been contracted to do it. Yeah. But
1: I definitely think that there was another person that took the shot as well, mm. because his marksmanship would have had to been, like, supreme. Really? But there's also a picture of Lyndon B. Johnson. He's winking at, I think, the director of the CIA right next to Kennedy's wife when she's crying, like, right after he got shot on the plane. No. I'd have to show it to you, but it's. Just...
0: Shot out of where? The plane? Um, they were,
1: they were in, I think they were on Air Force One, like, right after he got shot, and he was getting sworn in, and there's a oh. picture, I believe, and it could be fake news, who knows, oh. but, yeah I, I d- believe I it's, it's real, because I believe I've now. seen the picture before, mm-hmm. but I definitely, it to me, I'll throw it up. yeah, I definitely think that the CIA, especially, like, you know what they've done in Central America, you know yeah. what, what the FBI, I think it was the FBI did, bring crack cocaine into American neighborhoods. The fact that people still trust them and that these institutions are still around really is a testament to, I think, the complacency of the American people and their willingness to give up secu- or freedom for security.
0: Yeah, and that's how, I mean, I think Overall said something about about that or it was, I don't know I what it was, it was exactly,
1: but uh, whatever. Someone
0: said something smart sounding about that, yeah. about how like when you, the more security I think it was Franklin.
1: Gain. If you were willing to give up your freedom for security, you did not deserve either
0: yeah i think that may have been it my mic is falling oh my god oh my god <laughs> sam sam say something hello <laughs> shit oh my god all right we're, we're, we're cutting <laughs> actually you know what this might be a good time to cut it off we've been talking for a while okay sam thank you so much for coming on buddy uh it was a great show
1: thank you for having me see you later yep bye <laughs> <laughs>